So Dave, we have a, a, a big musician on the line here uh, we want to talk to. And tell everybody who it's going to be. Uh, Garnett Grimm. Savoy Brown. Okay. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> okay. Four words. All right. Drummer, <laughs> drummer for one of the greatest blues rock bands in history. All right. Good enough. Let's play our intro. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast. An Opie show on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is the Minutia Man Celebrity Interview with Rick and Dave. All right. That's a rocking song for a, for a rock guy that we're going to talk about. Yeah. You know, Dave, I'm happiest when I'm talking about music, and this week's guest is Garnet Grimm, uh, the drummer, one of the greatest blues rock bands in history, Savoy Brown. Thanks for coming on the show. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. Nice, yeah. to, nice to talk with y'all. The band has a, a new album out called Blues All Around, and we'll get to we'll get to that in a bit here. But before we do, I know this is kind of a bittersweet time for the band, uh, even though you have a new album out. You, you yes. recently lost your founder, guitarist, principal songwriter, the leader of the band since 1965, Kim Simmons. Tell us about Kim uh, and what you consider his greatest contributions. Well, I mean, I really think Kim gets a little underrated by he kind of flies under the radar so to speak with history and uh it's kind of a shame i think he should be uh talked about and remembered a little bit more kim was started savoy brown probably when he was 15 or 16 and um he kept it going for almost six decades and um that that in and of itself is incredible but uh the the body of work that he put out uh was in, incredible i mean uh he was contemporaries with uh, jimmy hendrix and john mayall cream uh, a lot of the guys from that, that were involved in that period uh, and he was a great guitar player and um and a fantastic songwriter and um he really had a he was a pioneer he he really had a um uh, he really was part of that uh not only the British kind of blues rock movement that came, that came here, you know, the, the British invasion, so to speak in the sixties, but uh, he was really a, a, a pioneer in that British rock sound that what we sort of would call that British, you know, the, the rock blues rock sound. And uh, uh, he was really uh, instrumental in the formation of that. The first, they were originally called Savoy uh, Blues Band, I, I think, the Savoy Brown Blues Band. And uh, I believe the first record may have even had that on it. But um, uh, quickly, as things were progressing in the 1960s uh, in London, and uh, he was really on the cutting floor of all of that. And uh, he's he's really, really a, a, a giant, creative uh, giant. I uh, miss him dearly. So he started the band when he was 15. I don't think I was able to spread like cream cheese on a bagel when I was 15. You know, it's, it's amazing that, you know, it started. So I spent all of my uh, 15 year at, at uh, the orthodontist's office <laughs> yeah, right. so, uh, <laughs> collecting baseball cards. Uh, well, he, he said uh, he literally started it in his bedroom. It was uh, just him and a few neighborhood guys. Uh, 
he didn't have a garage, so there was no garage band. It was a bedroom. A bedroom band, <laughs> yeah. And and uh, and it grew from there. And uh, you know, there's been a lot of people in and out of the band over the years. Uh, people who went on to really some pretty good fame, uh, uh, you know, serious fame. So, uh, you know, the the one that comes to prominent uh, in, comes to mind is would be uh, the band Foghat, which yeah. were they were all except for Rod Price, they were all members of Savoy Brown. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So, uh, uh, but there were others. I mean, Dave Walker spent time with Fleetwood Mac and uh, Black Sabbath. And, uh, you know, Kim really had a far reach. It was incredible. Uh, I think, uh, you know, I've, I've heard, uh, I think Judas Priest at one time took Kim out for some, uh, a tour, uh, back in, uh, the nineties maybe. And, uh, so, you know, they were, they were, uh, they really enjoyed Kim's playing, uh, and, uh, uh, I mean, everybody from Judas Priest to the Kentucky Headhunters have, have covered some of Savoy Brown's songs, and uh, it's really, really incredible. Uh, but like I say, a lot of people wouldn't know that, you know. Uh, yeah. uh, he kind of flies under the radar, and some of that was Kim's personality. I mean, he never, he never, uh, one of his sayings that he would say often is, uh, I am. I do not like to chase the carrot. So, mm, yeah. <laughs> you, you know, he was kind of a humble spirit, and uh, more of a musician but, than uh, than a uh, type A look at me personality is what you're saying. Right, right, exactly. So, yeah, but uh, he, it was incredible. He's an incredible guy. So, so tell us a little bit about the new album. It's called The Blues All Around. It's out, correct? It comes available everywhere. I would assume. Yep. Right? Um, yeah. So tell us about the tell us about the album, the process, and what can somebody expect. Well, um, I'll tell you a little bit about the process because it was quite a bit different for us. Uh, you know, a blues rock band. Uh, we generally recorded live in the studio, and uh, since I was involved with the band, uh, going back about fourteen years, um, I, and I had known Kim prior to that, maybe since 1999, I guess. So anytime I recorded with Kim, it was always live, but um, uh, that's the way he liked to do it. And, um, but this time around, uh, he was diagnosed with cancer uh, I, uh, 2022, uh, early on, 2021 still maybe. And uh, he just didn't have the energy. He, he, he had the demos complete. He, had the music ready to go, but he didn't feel he had the energy to uh, spend hours and hours in the studio. So what he did was uh, he sent us demos. He sent the band demos and uh, the engineer we were going to use also got the demos. And we all talked about it for a bit of time, how we were going to approach it. And what ended up happening was Kim went into the studio uh, by himself and uh, laid down his basic tracks. And Pat DeSalvo, the bass player, and I went in later and uh, laid down our tracks over Kim's, what he had recorded. So uh, it was done quite a bit differently. And it was a little, it was a little nerve wracking for me personally, because I was thinking, oh, I hope this works. You know, we've never done it this way. So, um, 
Uh, but I think in the end, we ended up with a really pretty solid pr uh, product. So I was, we were all pretty happy with the way it end, uh, came out. Kim got to hear everything. I mean, he was he was he made all the decisions, really. The record was done. He just did not live to see the release date, which was unfortunate. So, yeah. Yeah, he just passed away in December, right? Yeah, he passed yeah. away in December and... Uh, one of the last uh, conversations I had with Kim was we were talking and I and I, I remember I said, well, when do you think the release to, release date will be? And he said, oh, February, it's right around the corner. It's right around the corner. So uh, but Tia, in that uh, month time frame, he, he had passed. So uh, yeah. that was uh, kind of sad. sad. But, uh, but um, it's been doing very well. Uh, we've had, uh, I mean, I, I get updates almost daily uh as far as amazon sales and and uh, how it's doing on some of the streaming services and it's really it's holding its own it's doing very well uh, at one point we had reached uh, number four on billboard uh, for the blues rock uh, wow. blues category so uh yeah i i don't think we could have i'm not sure we could have done any better uh without supporting the album because that we were behind uh i think we were behind uh bonnie bonnie Ray, who just won the grammy yeah. and buddy guy and uh edgar winner so yeah, pretty and good, then, yeah. then it was us yeah. <laughs> pretty good mount <laughs> rushmore some, there uh, yeah yeah right so you know I, and, and and i'm sorry yeah uh, i i you know I, I don't want to interrupt you but i just i'm thinking about the uh these blues greats like buddy guy who are you know uh, here in Chicago? We're we're in Chicago right now. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Uh, and Chicago is like you know one of the capitals of blues in the world. But Dave and I we're we're sixty years old, fifty nine, fifty nine, fifty nine. Yeah, and we grew up uh, learning to love blues music not through these great artists that were right here under our nose, like Muddy Waters and. You know John Lee right. Hooker and stuff, but we through we Led learned Zeppelin. it through Led yeah Led like Zeppelin Savoy and, Brown and the Rolling Stones and Led Zeppelin and early Fleetwood yeah. Mac and stuff. Why do you think that is that Americans? It took the British to show us how great blues was. Yeah, isn't isn't that incredible? I I did I exactly had sort of the same experience. I mean, uh, we had to listen we had to listen back listen backwards almost. Yeah, you know? exactly. Um, I think, I mean, I have my own kind of theory. I mean, for one thing, uh, you know, they they were starting to embrace, uh, they being the British, uh, you know, and the Europeans, were, were starting to embrace that American, uh, more of American art uh, after, you know, post-World War II. And uh, a lot of the... Uh, blues artists, uh, some of them you were mentioning, you know, Muddy Waters, uh, Johnny Lee Hooker. Um, uh, geez, there was a, a, a ton of them that yeah, went B. B. over King, to B.B. Yeah. King, a ton of them that went over to the U.K. and toured uh, in the 50s and 60s. So, um, you know, they uh, they were starting to embrace that music. And I, I really think sometimes i mean it's kind of a human 
human way, isn't it? Where you don't really appreciate what you have until it's not there. So uh, I tell that to my kids I, all the time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> uh, well, we, we had this music uh, that was an American art form really, but it was, you know, it, we were still sort of segregated. I mean, yeah. you know, it was it's a, a black it was white a, issue, isn't it? In right. Some ways, it yeah. was a black community was embracing it at that time. And, uh, of course, there were some young kids that knew about it. I think rock and roll came out of the blues. Yeah, so, for sure. Uh, so there were some blues roots in rock and roll, and the kids here in America, of course, were embracing it, but not not in the way that uh, that I think the British sort of grabbed onto it. So uh, that's my theory. And, of course, I mean, there was no YouTube or... Yeah any right. of that stuff back then i mean radio stations were kind of segregated still and yeah. you know yeah. so even venues you know i mean you had you had a black clubs you know and right. uh, yeah and, and within uh, the country you know the the yeah. old the old chitlin circus that they had a circuit that they had South of absolutely. the Mason-Dixon line, as opposed to the absolutely. North, right? yeah. yeah, absolutely, yeah. So yeah, those were all instrumental, you know, in, in, make, in how that came about. So. Yeah. so you've been in the band for 15 years, right? It's right. It's yeah. coming right at 15. Um, right. And you're filling the role that was once filled by, yes, and King Crimson drummer uh, Bill Bruford. But who, Bill but, Bruford, yeah. But which, by the way, King Crimson, me and Rick... We sat behind mm-hmm. Adrian Ballou while we were watching oh, wow. Amadeus <laughs> and a mo- oh. the movie Amadeus in Champagne in 19. Yeah, top a- that story. 86, maybe 87. <laughs> and Adrian Ballou was right in front of us. Um, no kidding. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think it was Juju Beans and uh, Snowcaps. I think yeah. he was and cool. <laughs> um, So tell us how you got into the band and, you know, how, I mean, it's a wonderful, wonderful yeah, story. It was a great experience for me and uh uh well uh kim had married a girl a wonderful lady uh debbie his wife debbie uh she is from our uh this area i live in uh central new york i'm north of new york city uh i'm in the syracuse area okay and um uh kim had married a a lady uh, from this area so he was living here for some time uh and and you know keeping the band together and touring and etc and uh i was approached by um a mutual friend uh kim had uh, myself uh, this friend had asked if i was interested in uh doing some recording with kim simmons and i went kim <laughs> from Savoy brown yeah of course <laughs> so this would have been in the late 90s and um it was it was really funny because uh, this one particular day, it was in the summer, beautiful summer day, and Kim had, has a studio behind his house, and so they told me to meet at this certain time. I said, okay. So I, I get there, and uh, uh, lo and behold, Pat DeSalvo is playing bass that day, which I had known Pat also from the local music uh, community up here in uh, this part of the woods, and uh, so turns out pat had known kim 
since the late 80s, they were acquainted. I did not know that. And uh, this was the first day I'd met Kim, of course. So uh, he had already had, a, of course, a very accomplished career. I was he was one of my heroes, really. I was very nervous that day. And um, but Kim made me feel comfortable and we all hit it off really well. That was in 1999. And uh, we did a. It, the the project was just a solo record. It ended up being uh, called uh, Blues Like Midnight. It was an ac acoustic uh, solo record that he did. And I added percussion, uh, some drum parts, and Pat played upright bass on it. So we became friends that day. It was a great uh, friendship that started and lasted all the way till uh, he unfortunately passed in uh, December. But uh, what happened, how I got into Savoy Brown was uh, – Pat was asked by Kim to cover some dates because the bass player in Savoy Brown at the time was having some health issues. So I, Pat called me and said, Hey, can you help me uh, get ready for these shows? Uh, we, you know, can we do a couple rehearsals? And I said, yeah, sure. So, I, so I learned about 90 minutes of Savoy Brown material just to help Pat get ready for the shows. And uh, it was soon after that, uh, and we were all friends, so it was soon after that that Kim had called me and asked me if I would join the band, and I said, wow, that's incredible, yes. Uh, let me think about yeah. it. Uh, you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, I know your entire so, catalog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't know the entire catalog. Yeah, no, that's I mean, a lot. You got 42 <laughs> yeah, albums. Yeah. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> but but I, I knew the current set he was playing at that time, so yeah. that was enough to get me going, and uh, and it was great because, uh, you know, the nervous part was kind of over. I mean, I still felt nervous those generally those first gigs with Savoy Brown. I felt, wow, this is a something that's, you know, a piece of history. It's bigger than I am. And uh, so there was a little nerve wracking that, that way. But as far as rehearsing and getting together with Pat and Kim, it was not too bad at that point because we had developed a friendship for years earlier. So it was, it was nice. It was a nice, you know, it was a nice way to enter the band because it wasn't stressful. Like, okay, your auditions at two o'clock Saturday, and, right. uh, you better be prepared, you know? So it was a nice way for me to enter the it's kind situation. Of eased your way in a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was really cool. So, uh, we, I still remember the first tour we did actually. And, and the first, tour we did took us to chicago and milwaukee and uh, yeah it was cool what was the so, first show do you remember the first show of that tour do you remember that first yeah. i think the first show we did was in milwaukee and i'm trying to think of the name of the club right now and it escapes me but, um, <laughs> no 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 what was but, it called uh, shank hall or we've done a couple oh, it, was of shank, it was shank yeah, hall yeah, yes, okay. it was. yeah, yeah cool. it was shank hall and we did uh i'm trying to think of the place we played in chicago it, we played there several times too but um anyway um so uh yeah and it was a, it was a wonderful tour and i do remember we got back just in time and it, we had a snowstorm that week here so uh, we we got back into town just in case just in time i said wow that was great so I, that's that's was the highlights of that trip so uh, you, we you, played in detroit i remember detroit yeah oh, i'm sorry um, so 15 years tours you must have some 
good rock and roll road stories, you know, uh, you know, brushes with great, like what's the best hotel buffet out there, you know, just, to, you know, but, uh, you know, whenever we have touring musicians, uh, we just had on Kurt Elling a couple of, yeah, weeks yeah. are ago. you in a bus? Do you travel around in a bus? You have like a van, you know, or are you flying well, from gig to gig? At, you know. Well, uh, the answer is yes. And both what, yeah. we, what Kim, what Kim would do is, uh, he had a huge, van we we didn't have a tour bus uh but we had a huge van and he had a big uh silver 15 passenger van that we used to travel in and and uh i used to say okay from you would if if we had to drive from here we we always drove from new york and I would say the square states. That's how I would say. Yeah. <laughs> so, but from the middle of the country, you know, if we had to go, usually what Kim would do is uh, we would do the East Coast. Uh, he would do that a, a certain in a certain grouping, and then he would do the Midwest. And we always usually always drove uh, to the Midwest, and then uh, we would come back. And then uh, usually twice a year we would do the west coast so we would at one point we would say in the in the fall you would do california um and that the, the, you know the, the southern part arizona maybe the, yeah. the southern part and then in the i remember in the summer in the spring months in the summer we would go to the northwest so that's when we would do uh you know washington state oregon vancouver mm. we often went up to vancouver and uh, that area so uh yeah he he had it he had it down i mean after nearly 60 years of touring you yeah. kind of get you know you get your uh so you got, you've a, got to see the world through being in this band. i i really did uh kim kim also was very big on the band unit concept which is starting to be lost um you know what i mean where a lot of artists and he could have done this easily a lot of artists are asked to okay you know I'll, you know we'll go do a european tour they have a they have a band in europe they go to somewhere else you know uh, japan well we'll provide a band for you you know so uh it's quite lucrative for a lot of artists but kim was did not like that he he really liked the band concept where you play yeah. and grow play and grow travel and live you know live together so that's how we did it and uh but it I was probably very helps you on stage you form a cohesion where you you start oh. to read each other's minds and you can look at them and and go oh i know yeah. what he's thinking now because i've seen yep. that look before you know that's that of absolutely is true that is i mean you're dead on with that 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 is something that uh i mean you you really you know being in Savoy Brown, you did a lot of jamming. There were lots of jam sections. He yeah. would do solos. And I, I always said, you know, sometimes you'd get in the middle of those jam sessions and you were thinking, I don't really know what's going to happen next. You know, <laughs> what but, song are we playing? You know, <laughs> but he, but he always, he was always very good about bringing 
bringing the, the, the ship in for a landing. I mean, there was, there was I can't remember any moments where, where there was a crash and burn moment, you know, yeah. he was always very good about that. And uh, I think that comes from, you know, guys playing together yeah. for so long, yeah. you start to feel what each other's doing and you, you can almost anticipate what's happening next, you know? And uh, so, yeah, and uh, I did get to, I'm very, forever grateful uh, to Kim uh, for, and he literally did take Pat and I around the world. I mean, we, we I don't know how many countries we did, but uh, we did a, a whole bunch, you know, Brazil, Japan, uh, all over Europe and, uh, uh, wow. you know, uh, into Wales, the UK. And so it, it was really wonderful, wonderful time. I'm forever grateful for that time that, that, uh, that I had with him. And I have to say, I was, I called him, you know, it was nice cause I, I was able to call him a friend, you know? Yeah. We, yeah. We, yeah. It was well, nice. You spend that you much know? time with somebody. Yeah. yeah. You, you, so, you know, while we got you on, cause, uh, we, we, we've had a few drummers on in the past and having drummers on is one of our favorite things. We just, we just like talking music. Um, who would yeah. you put on your Mount Rushmore of drummers? Like when you oh. growing up, you obviously love music. You, you become a musician. It's, you've dedicated your life to it. You are a great drummer. Who do you look up to? Oh man. Well, I, I, you know, like you guys, I'm, I'm in, I'm pushing 60 as well. So, so you're 59. I, Are you 50? Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, but, well uh, what month were you born? Because let's see who's older in this group here. November. November. Oh, you're the youngster. Oh, oh gosh. I, you know. I remember when I was your age, <laughs> two months ago. Um, well, <laughs> We were fortunate, weren't we? We had such a great uh, uh, period where, um, well, you know, the 80s, okay. We yeah. could, you know, but, you know, but I, I but even in the 80s, I, I, you know, I wasn't much of a, a hair band guy. But, yeah, me neither. But you, but you had some great, great you know you just had great bands and great players to 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 follow and look up to and uh i mean i i had such a great uh bunch of guys that i could look up to first of all uh so i would go back even to the 40s where i would dig up guys that i would listen to and uh a lot of drummers would say oh yeah buddy rich and i would say yeah, i like buddy rich of course he's phenomenal but there was uh, some other great ones uh one of one of my favorites uh was uh, this guy named louis belson and uh oh, louis wow. belson was one of the uh he was one of the uh, pioneers of the double bass uh drum uh you know he used to travel with double basses and uh, there wasn't I don't know. He, there may, I don't know how he got the idea. There may have been someone else, but yeah. he cert he certainly made it. He popular. popularized it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but he was one of my favorites of course. And, uh, and it's funny, I still look up YouTubes with him and he's mm -hmm. fantastic. And, uh, but of course, uh, for me personally, I w really was a blues guy. I, I enjoyed roots music and how could you not, like john bonham i mean i wanted yeah. to be john bonham you know? yeah, yeah. and uh it's turned uh, out better for yeah, you yeah i was gonna say uh, <laughs> <laughs> i think it took the better route but i understand what you're yeah. saying 
Yeah, what a, what a fantastic uh, player, and he was somebody that just he, he just you could just tell that he felt every note he played. Yeah. It wasn't. I mean, when you heard his bass drum, it was like a cannon going off, you know. And yeah. uh, he was just a great player, and uh, you know. So those guys, uh, of course, uh, a lot of those guys from that period, I really enjoyed uh, and listened to. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we had, of course, I mean, I have to say as a young kid, I was enamored with, uh, with Ringo and, mm -hmm. and, uh, a, a lot of people will, um, brush Ringo aside, but I, I have to say, I, I think that he was very innovative for, for his day and, uh, uh, you know, he, he did some pretty cool things. So I, I personally like him, uh. But, uh, you know, you I, know, I saw I, think... I saw Dave Grohl interviewed once and, and he said, oh, yeah, he he idolizes Ringo. Yeah, there's a yeah. like something that Ring, well, Ringo was left handed. Right. So, right. So yeah. it, it, his he would lead with his left hand, which makes it all a little bit different. Like that would just yeah. just slightly off. Oh, here I am. Yeah. I'm talking drums with this guy. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. So this is how you do it. Uh, uh, I'm, telling, I'm telling the drummer of Savoy Brown how to drum. Uh, yeah, I think I think you know how to do it. You know, also Char Charlie Watts, I think, is always is Charlie some, Watts is, is someone who had, was kind of not necessarily when you think of the Stones. Not a lot of people probably you know don't, but I thought he was just yeah. Great. He had like a jazz sense. Yeah, I just too. loved his. Yeah. I, I thought he was the perfect drummer for the Stones. And and a lot of those guys, I think, grew up in in jazz, learning that you yeah. know. So it's not. I don't think it's an accident that some of those guys uh, uh, played like that. For example. Uh, if you listen to some of the recordings that Mitch Mitchell did with Jimi Hendrix, you could, <laughs> you yeah. could really tell, you could really tell how he was, you know, he was uh, from that, you know, he learned those jazz grooves and was kind of, uh, he had that, I could hear it in his playing, you know, so yeah, uh, yeah it's great. So well, I, hey, I love all that stuff. I, you know, this has been very nice of you to take your time <laughs> to, to come and yeah. chat with us. This is, I, I could do this really all day long. But, um, <laughs> the, once again, the name of the album is? Blues All Around. Yes. And uh, it's put out by Quarto Valley Records. And um, if I might be able to ask any of your listeners, please uh, – Take some time and go to uh, SavoyBrown.com. You'll see a little bit of history and discography on the band, and um, you'll get to see uh, some of uh, Kim's artwork. Uh, he also was a painter, so uh, some of his artwork's there. And social media accounts for you? Are you on social media? Where can they follow you? Yeah, you can do the the face, uh, Facebook. We're, we're all reachable on Facebook. Uh, Savoy Brown uh, as well has a Facebook page. A uh, good friend of uh, Kim's continues to do the Facebook and tries to keep it up to date, of course. Uh, Deb, Debbie, Kim's wife, tries to keep the uh, website up to date with merchandise, etc. So uh, we're all we're all there, man. And uh, I really encourage no anything. And you can get no running you can away. get the record there. Yeah, you can get the record, the new record there as well. But uh, so uh, please uh, check it out, man. Check out Savoy Brown. 
Savoy Brown and Savoy Brown. <laughs> I like Savoy Brown. It's, it sounds a little more <laughs> it elegant. A, it's a little more British. It does. Yes. It does. <laughs> well, when you're in Chicago, let us know. Yeah, we'll we have, we'd love to come out and watch you. Thanks. Thanks very <laughs> Absolutely. much. Absolutely. Gar- right. Garnet Grimm, right. this has been a pleasure. Very, yeah. very much. Thanks, thanks for Thanks for being on the show. Thanks, Dave and Rick. Appreciate it. Thank you. All sure. right. Bye bye. Bye bye. Uh, what a so, nice guy. Why do they say Dave and Rick when you have talked to them first, as opposed to? Uh, <laughs> yeah. You ever know? Isn't I mean? Don't we make it clear that it's Rick and Dave? <laughs> you make it clear. Uh, I, I think that I think uh, it's well like on all our labeling. When, Rick when, and Dave. It doesn't say Dave and Rick. I'm trying to get them to say um, Dave and Dick. <laughs> but then, which is coming it's, uh, it's all right well we've got people to thank uh we need to thank our executive producer tony lasana with opishows.com opi is hippo backwards o-p-p-i-h-shows.com we're distributed by ed silla the pod father he's the pod father yes uh great talk radio isn't dead it just moved to a better place radiomisfits.com and we'll be back again next week with a brand new episode of Minutia Man Celebrity Interview. The preceding was a presentation of Opi Productions. Find our other great shows wherever you find podcasts, including opishows.com. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Opi Productions. Tony, can you shut up?